You know Rudolph who guided and pulled Santa's sleigh And who saved Christmas by lighting the way But there's more to tell Rudolph saved the new year as well Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House for a special post-Christmas bonus edition. Thank you for putting this podcast into your comically large ears for today's episode all about the 1976 Rankin-Bass sequel nobody asked for, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. I am living embodiment of a friendly reminder that someday you're going to die, Mike Westfall. And joining me is the personification of the year our nation was born in the form of its bawdiest founding father, Joey O. Hi there, Joey. <laughs> oh, Ben Franklin. <laughs> I invented the bifocals. <laughs> Somehow yes. I knew that was coming in here at some point. <laughs> Andy Daly as, as Ben Franklin. Yes. Boxers, briefs, or pantaloons. Sorry. <laughs> And a caveman who totally coexisted with a chorus of dinosaurs who all sing in perfect English, it's Brandon Medley. Hey, Brandon. Hello. I have no time-related pun to insert here. <laughs> well, so I didn't realize when I brought both of you on for this one that neither of you had seen it before. No. Well, as I watch this, I've seen it before. Okay. But only once. And I didn't remember much about it. But I had definitely seen it before. I'm pretty sure that it was during um, when I was in college. So like 2002 to 2006. Um, oh, wow. When I, would, I had cable for the first time. Mm-hmm. And AB, I think it was, was it Fox Family then? Maybe. Might Maybe it was been. ABC Family. Whichever one it was at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. In their 25 Days of Christmas, they would show a lot of the more obscure Rankin-Bass specials. Like one Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, from like 6 to 10 a.m. And I had recorded a bunch of them and or watch. I doubt I was up that early on Saturday morning in college. But anyway, I, I watched them all then and or and I had seen watched a bunch of them I'd never seen before. Like I'm pretty sure that's the first time I saw Nestor okay. and some others that you and I have talked about. Um Yes. And so I'm pretty sure that's where I saw this. I did not see this on TV because what year did it premiere? 1976. 76. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't around then. And this is not one, unlike its predecessor that gets aired every year. Hmm. No. Yeah. Uh, it does in my house, but that's because, <laughs> well, it made its way on the old VHS cassette of specials taped off the TV. So that became an annual watch for me. But this is Rankin Bass's first true sequel special. I think I never watched it because I just I wanted to you know leave the memories alone kind of you know <laughs> like the, the original so perfect I don't want to be tainted with this yeah. really I kind of wish I hadn't watched this uh, yeah it has all right yeah it well and that happened too because like the same year four days I think three days after this one they aired another one the Little Drummer Boy book two I don't know if I've seen that one. So I feel like mid-70s, the well started to dry up, and they had to, you know, bring back Rudolph and Little Drummer Boy for no reason. I don't know. Mike, you and I have talked about this before on some other episodes, but, you know, as the late 70s go on, there is some real um, 
duds in the Rankin Bass. Yeah, and this universe. is the first one I and remember then thinking. When we get into the early eighties, they just say, Well, let's just get weird then. Maybe <laughs> Life and Adventures of Santa Claus <laughs> before the well kind of finally dries up. Yeah. And then it's just like, you know what? Let's make Thundercats. Yeah. But this is when they're still trying to be conventional. Um and yeah. it's just not really working. Yeah, and this is the first Rankin Bass special. I remember, even as a kid, thinking, eh, that was alright. I think my biggest issue as a kid, though, was the character of Rudolph himself. Same voice, it's Billy Mae Richards, no problem there. But we talked at the end of the Rudolph episode about the original stop-motion puppets not being built to last because Rankin and Bass had no idea how huge this special would become. They ended up giving a lot away to staff. So they needed a new Rudolph, and this new model sort of devolved back into a younger reindeer from the mm-hmm. version of him at the end of the original. Doesn't this happen, like, right after Christmas? Like, this storyline supposedly happens days, at, like, right after Christmas. Well, you saved Christmas, Rudolph. Time to go off and do this other adventure. Here's what Father Time says. Father Time is our narrator figure in this instead of Sam the Snowman. He says, And it all began on that very same foggy night. On that very same foggy night. And I'm like, how? It's Christmas Eve. Rudolph's kind of (laughs) busy. So my first thought was, okay, Santa's sleigh is a time machine. And when he's done, he goes back to like a minute or so after he left. But that's dumb. He'd need a nap in real time after that. So what I came up with is, technically, it is the same night. Because they live at the North Pole and the sun set in September. Science kids. (laughs) But as far as the calendar goes, we find out it's actually the day after. It's Christmas proper, the 25th, from a letter that Father Time sends to Santa seeking help finding the missing baby New Year. And apparently just any old baby in a hat won't do, which I guess I get. This is a letter to Santa Claus from Father Time and Santa voiced here once again by my favorite ghost host, Paul Freeze. Rudolph, with your nose so bright... You've six days left to set things right. Makes it sound pretty urgent, but he takes maybe a second too long to think, how could anyone find a baby in such a heavy snowstorm? What was that thing I did yesterday? <laughs> Look, I make the joke, but I'm the guy who walks into the next room and forgets why constantly. So I feel you, Santa. But another big change is the sound Rudolph's nose makes. It's more refined. It's like a woo, and a thing I compare it to. It's Mega Man charging his gun. <laughs> Get equipped with Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> but he sets out for Father Time's castle, directed by General Ticker, because Father Time employs an army. In case anyone tries to go back in time with, say, a 50-year sports almanac? Happy Back to the Future Day! We did it! Uh, General Ticker looks like a member of the British Royal Guard with a giant alarm clock and plays the torso. And he is also Paul Freeze, talking in a southern gentleman accent and only in rhyme. All the time. All the time. Don't weaken your beacon must cast its glow. So he leads Rudolph to the Sands of Time, a desert at the edge of which lies Father Time's castle just underneath a bright star. That's right, Rudolph has to cross a desert land to see a man who lives under a star about a baby 
who must be found in order to save the world. Weird to see Rankin Bass secularize that part of Christmas in a New Year special, but others have done worse. <laughs> but unlike the Magi, Rudolph only has six days to find this baby, let alone reach Father Time's castle. To do that, he hops on the back of a camel with a broken clock for a hump named the Great Quarter Past Five. That's the camel's name, not the humps. And he's voiced by the Riddler, Frank Gorshin. How do you do? I am the great quarter past five. Father Time sent me to help you in your journey. I do love the Riddler. <laughs> I also love him in uh, uh, 12 Monkeys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did I forget about 12 Monkeys? Oh, so sorry. What I want to know is, where are the sands of time in relation to the North Pole? Because it's the same day. And I <laughs> guess it would make sense for a place where all the time zones meet to have a bunch of animals with clocks as body parts. Don't try to figure out Rankin Bass geography. We've been through this before. We have. It's next to <laughs> Easter Valley, where it's always green. All right. So we have travelers on camelback following a star to find a baby. All that's missing is a giant angry bird. <laughs> not the kind in, in that fight pigs. No, not the kind that fight pigs. This is more buzzardish. He's our antagonist, Eon the Terrible, also voiced by Paul Freese, and he's not done yet. All fear Eon the Terrible. So if you haven't caught on... Since this is primarily a New Year's special, a lot of the characters are going to be time-based. Do you know what these guys reminded me of? Oh, what's that? The Phantom Tollbooth. Oh, wow. Yeah, with Tox. How did I Duh. not make that connection? Just the design of them and everything felt oh, very yeah. powerful. General Ticker made me think of TikTok from Return to Oz. Yes, he's got the same mustache. Like, the design and the name, but... But, I mean, you think of a clock and the mustache just... But apparently there had been an animated show called Return to Oz made somewhere before Rudolph because when we were checking the voice... Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was Rankin Bass or not, but I figured it probably was because it had a lot of the same voice cast as Rudolph. Yes. I think that was before the original Rudolph or around the same time, but... Yeah, it was was before, according to how I remember it being listed on the filmographies. Yeah. I don't know how much before. So Eon the Terrible's deal is he has a predetermined lifespan of one eon, which if we're going with astronomy is a billion years. So he's an old (laughs) bird whose time is up when the new year arrives and then he'll die and turn into ice and snow. So he's after the baby so he can stop time. But Eon doesn't do much here besides fly overhead and make the camel run faster to arrive safely at Father Time's castle. Speaking of stopping time, though, there was a note I had from the beginning whenever Santa, I think it's Santa saying it, but said something about when he's sending Rudolph out, like, I have to go and save New Year's for all the children or something. And I'm just like, I think adults care about time stopping as well, Santa. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adults care more, they have less of it. (laughs) Yeah. But they arrive safely at Father Time's castle, which has a glowing ball on its topmost turret and a news ticker around the tower. And the news ticker reads, Baby Kangaroos Born in Australia. That's not news. Hey, the Joeys. That's where kangaroos live, (laughs) y'all. Show me baby kangaroos born in Greenland. 
<laughs> so we meet Father Time, and because it's Red Skelton, he's got one lock of red hair still left on the top of his head to complement his long white beard. Red Skelton's more of a person I've always known to exist, but do either of you have a go-to Red Skelton thing? I knew that he painted no. clowns. Yeah. Yeah. I associate him most with Time Life comer- like I think it was like Time oh, Life wow. videos commercials that would be like the best of the Red Skelton show. Yes. That's, that's that used to come on like after Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. on my local NBC station. It that's bothers that's me what that I remember. Skeleton that he's skeleton. Yeah, that's his name. That's his real last name. <laughs> no. Yeah, this that's the other thing. We, we can mention this now about the voice cast. So the original Rudolph, it's Burl Ives and then a bunch of unknown Canadian voice actors. Right. This is one of those, again, like a Rankin-Bass thing. Well, we got to rope in these like celebrities from 10 years ago, which is also <laughs> a very like, 70s variety show oh, type of yeah. thing. And that's this cast, like Red Skelton and Frank Gorshin and Maury <laughs> Amsterdam. Like, <laughs> you know, get those names the kids know. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how you bring the grown-ups in. Hey, it's Red Skeleton. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Red Skeleton. There's some old Tex Avery cartoon with a Red Skeleton that has a weird laugh, so that's a joke I remember my dad having to explain to me. <laughs> but besides this, the thing I know Red Skeleton for is he has this character, Junior, who's a kid in a sailor suit who says, If I do it, I get a whipping. Yeah. I do it. I feel like I've heard that before. Bugs Bunny has done that before. Okay, that's probably right. Because, I don't know, Bugs Bunny and the Warner Brothers cartoons had no sense of copyright issues or, like, I don't know. Because, like, (laughs) old-timey celebrities show up in that all the time. I don't know if that's, if they're going with uh, parody law or what. I mean, that's why the Animaniacs did it, because (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, Okay. So Father Time explains the importance to the Baby New Year, and we get the eeriest song about the physical manifestation of time marching on. The moving finger writes, and having writ moves on. You can't hold back the clock, it just ticks on and on. The moving finger writes... Wait, I know an eerier song about time marching on. I. <laughs> it reminds me of older, but they might be giants. Uh-huh. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're even older, and now you're even older. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're older still. But this song kind of freaked me out as a kid. I think it might have been one of the first times I processed the mm-hmm. fact oh man, we're all going to die someday. So every time I hear that, I get chills. And now I'm rooting for Eon. (laughs) These songs freak me out and how bad most of them are. Yeah. This one, (laughs) They're also by Johnny Marks, right? I think so. But this one, I don't know if it's Red Skelton singing or or the way the song is written and it's just... 15 minutes into this special, I checked the timestamp. And said aloud, this thing is 15 minutes long. <laughs> I thought I was about halfway through. And I still had so much more to go. This one feels so much longer than the original one somehow. Because they're, I mean, it's, it's time really not good. Yeah, well. <laughs> 
With that out of the way, Father Time tells Rudolph a little about who he's looking for. This baby New Year's name is Happy, who looks like little baby Harpo Marx with a top hat and a diaper. I thought he looked like Joshua Trundle. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Because of it's the eyes. Ah, uh, but when he takes off his hat, he's got a pair of big Dumbo-sized ears that boing and make everyone laugh, which Happy doesn't like, so he leaves out the window. And Rudolph, of course, immediately feels Happy's pain. But then he says, gosh, I wish he would have come to me. Rudolph, you only saved Christmas last night. Nobody even knows <laughs> who you are yet, okay? Father Time suggests Happy might have gone to explore the archipelago of last years, a group of islands that act as retirement homes for all the old years gone by. So that's really why Father Time's so anxious to get Happy back. He's trying to get his private island. Well, okay, two things about this. One, he really loves saying the word archipelago in this. Archipelago, however. He says says archipelago. I don't know if that's right or not. Um, yeah, I've always heard it pronounced the queso. Okay. Yeah. Archipelago. Uh, two, shouldn't there be like hundreds of those islands? We see a map with, well, I'm looking at the map right now. One, two, three, four, like less than 10. Yeah. Maybe those are just the islands large enough to fit on the map, but there's got to be a lot of them because they go all the way back to 1 million BC is the first one they uh, they visit here. I'm getting ahead of myself. Hang on a second. First of all, we need to find the archipelago, and it's pointed out by a giant sundial at the point where the sands of time meet the sea of Auld Lang Syne. And just in case we're stupid, Father Time had Terry Gilliam put a hand at the end of the sundial with a finger pointing that way. And Rudolph <laughs> sets out to sea on a little wooden boat with a calendar page for sale. This is a New Year's special, and a year is a measurement of time. Speaking of measurements of time, here comes one now. It's Eon, who doesn't tip over the boat or anything. He just swoops down and just gloats that he's going to find Happy first. Eon the Terrible hasn't been all that terrible so far, guys. But he's scared away by Big Bend, a whale with a giant clock on his tail, with the very unique voice of Harold Perry. Well, folks call me Big Ben. Yeah, yeah. Who was mostly a radio star, but he was also the voice of Fenwick Fuddy in the Hanna-Barbera cartoons Yogi's Space Race and the Galloping Ghost. <laughs> oh, wait, are you saying... I don't know what that is. Okay, that's like late 70s. Uh, about this character, you know what? You What's that? You know what it would be? Oh, heck, he makes one whale of a clock. Oh! <laughs> they sh- oh, man. I like this character... <laughs> I think he is really cool looking, and most of the characters in this are not. So he's my favorite character for that reason. There we go. <laughs> they definitely used that whale model again for the flash forward scenes at the end of Pinocchio's Christmas, and they gave him angry eyes. <laughs> but, Isn't he also in Christmas in July? He is in Christmas in July, yes. Yeah. Might have a different voice there. Because it's the remember. Avengers. Yes. <laughs> the Whatever Rick it takes. And Bass universe. But even here, Big Ben tries to persuade Rudolph he'll be safe if he rides inside his mouth. But he can't talk with his mouth full, so Rudolph rides on top instead. And here's where we get to the island of the year 1 million BC, where they meet the personification of the year 1 million BC, or OM for short, a singing caveman voiced by Maury Amsterdam. Hey, why for the edges on your mouth go down, not up? 
more old celebrities. More old celebrities. I know him from the Dick Van Dyke Show because my parents love the Dick Van Dyke Show. That's another Christmas special that feels like way longer than it really is. But he shows up briefly in another holiday special we've covered, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol as Scrooge's indifferent acquaintances in the future. So OM lives on this island with his singing dinosaur friends, which I guess he collected from some islands from before 65 million BC. But no matter. They're here to cheer up Rudolph with the song, It's Raining Sunshine. It's raining sunshine. It's raining sunshine. And the rainbows don't appear. And the song's fine. I like that the dinosaurs can sing. They're great. I don't even care about scientific accuracy. None of the songs really stuck with me in this at all. I feel you there. Uh, yeah, I don't have really any thoughts on it, because, <laughs> yeah, as I said before, they're not good. Uh, but OM does recall seeing a baby on the island and says he made friends with all the singing dinosaurs after he saved the egg of a baby pterodactyl which accidentally knocked off Happy's hat, and everybody laughed at him, so he sails on. But as an old year, O.M. realizes the gravity of the situation and joins Rudolph in his search for Happy. And here we see that map that we're talking about. Oh, I, I did like the dinosaurs, though, by the way. I thought the dinosaurs are really cute. Oh, they're like great, the- and they're very well animated. They have little happy eyes. But here, when they're looking at the map, we get a quick recap from Rudolph that... Not many of the other islands have been much help. 1492 was busy discovering things, and 4000 BC was too busy building pyramids, and 1965 was too noisy, and I couldn't figure out if Franken-Bass was making a statement about Vietnam or rock music. I thought it was a dig at the Beatles, and then whenever they were hitting big, like maybe the... 64, 65, yeah. Wikipedia links it to the definition for Beatlemania. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. How many Beatlemania has bitten the dust? Either way, Happy wasn't there, so their next destination was the island of 1023, which is apparently when every fairy tale we've ever heard took place, and that means it's montage time. Need a montage. <laughs> what a wonderful world we live in When we live in the world of make-believe Okay, with the fairy tales, what, is it just me or do the three bears sound like everybody loves dreaming? Like, <laughs> mom, of. the brother, like, it just, I was kind of listening to it without looking at it at first And I was like, did I, did I change the channel? TBS or something? Well, one of them is Don Messick doing his Astro voice. Yes, Papa Bear is Don Messick. Oh, the original yeah. voice of Astro and Scooby-Doo, among so, so many others. Mama Bear's voice is Iris Rayner, who was also one of Nestor's donkey friends. Someone's been sitting in my chair. Someone's been sitting in my chair. Someone's been sitting in my chair. And it got broke. Somebody broke my chair. But the bears actually take the breaking and entering by Happy pretty well when they find out it's a baby. And Baby Bear is voiced by Red Skelton doing his old baby talk like Junior I mentioned before. Yeah, I didn't like that voice or character. No. Like, that's your other character that you got Red Skelton to do? That's not a great choice. But what is a great 
voice decision is Frank Korshenbach doing the retired Sir 10 to 3, but shouting the whole time! Thou looks for the wee babe happy! <laughs> I don't know if he was trying to do the echo from inside a helmet or like Brave Knight trying to sound chivalrous, but shout these shouts the whole time! At this point, it just becomes like you've seen 8 million retellings of fairy tales before, and we're going to do a side note and do that for five minutes. Only Rudolph's tagging along in the stories. Yeah. This really just felt like padding. <laughs> it, oh, like it so much was. of this special does. This should have been 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But no, because they decided to make this the fairy tale island, they had the show Rudolph meeting Cinderella and the Big Bad Wolf and Little Miss Muffet and her spider, and they all kind of shake, no, no, we haven't seen a baby. And Humpty Dumpty, who's Paul Freeze again, who laughed so hard at Happy's ears, he had a great fall. When all the king's horses and all the king's men started to laugh, he ran off. Had Rankin Bass done, had they done versions of these fairy tales and just had these puppets laying around? Only Pinocchio. Yeah, they did a Pinocchio. Yeah, but that was so that was old. I wonder if they were trying to set up a spin-off of like <laughs> doing fairy tales instead of Christmas. Very specials. possible, because Pinocchio's Christmas came around in nineteen eighty, so that wasn't far off by this point. Fairy tales colon a Rudolph story. Yes. <laughs> Call back to the last episode. <laughs> I had written out like if Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is canon. This is definitely expanded universe. <laughs> it's just legends. like the old Star Wars EU that is now Legends. This stuff gets weird and out there and just reads like bad fanfic. This is a tab you have to click on on Wikipedia. <laughs> but Happy seems to finally be okay to find a friend until they play a game of Knights and Dragons where Happy's the knight and Baby Bear explains he needs to take off his helmet and triumph after slaying the dragon. He doesn't really want to take off his hat, but doesn't want to upset his new friend. So off goes the hat, and he's again heartbroken when everyone laughs, and off he runs. But Eon finds him first and starts to fly away. Everybody in this universe of this special is such a dick laughing at this baby. I know! I agree! Like, that's what I have written down, is why are people such dicks in this show? (laughs) It's, well, it's that, but they can't stop laughing is the problem. Rudolph's the only one that stops in time, and we'll get to that later, but everybody else can't control themselves. It's just a pair of ears that go boing, y'all. It's funny for a second, but... We already did big ears with Nestor. No, that's next, that's the year after this. This, okay, I, I get my rank and best timeline. Yeah, confused. well, and I'm jumping around. We, on this show, we did. did big ears with Nestor. We did. <laughs> okay. uh, but here, Eon finds Happy first. He starts to fly away. Big Ben the Whale stops Eon with an air hole full of whale spit and knocks Ew. Happy out of his grasp. Hey, man, it tells it like I sees it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it knocks Happy out of his grasp, and the baby gets swept away by the wind until he grabs onto the string of a kite flown by the old year 1776. And it's <laughs> Paul Freeze attempting a Ben Franklin impression now. Oh, I know you think it's December 30th, but not on this island. No siree. On this island... Every day is the 4th of July. Attempting a Ben Franklin impression like you know what he sounded like. Right. Exactly. 
It sounds <laughs> like the guy that used to do him in Philly. Did they ever replace him? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, he died a couple of years ago, but I never saw anyone take up the mantle. But it needs to happen. Anyway, of course the year 1776 looks like Ben Franklin. And this is the point of the special when I start to think about what some of these other islands might look like. If this is 1776, like, is 1986 the island a giant toy box where everybody lives on the USS flag? (laughs) Is 2016 a dumpster fire haunted by the ghosts of Prince and Uh, Carrie Fisher? Aww. (laughs) I'm done thinking about what worse years might look like. So back to 1776, where of course every day on his island is the 4th of July, and whoops, we're on our third holiday of this New Year's special now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you didn't mention that he's he's Sev. He's Sev. Call me Sev. <laughs> There's a happy celebration in each town across the nation at the Fourth of July parade. Well, the thing about the Fourth of July parade is they involve a lot of flags, and you know what you're supposed to do before the flag? No, not kneel. Take off your hat. It's the seventies. The seventeen seventies. Well. Oh, that's why this is in that. It was the bicentennial that just happened. Uh, that's why they shoved that in there. Well, Rudolph and his pals mm, arrive too late. Yeah. Happy's gone, and everyone's still cracking up in his ears. One guy in this crowd I saw looked like the spitting image of Ringo Starr for some reason. <laughs> He's on the wrong island. He's on it's the too r- noisy. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be on 1965. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Sir Topham Hat? Or Mr. Conductor, Mr. Conductor. Oh, my! it might have been Mr. Conductor. He was dressed like Mr. Conductor. George Carlin is my Mr. Conductor. But, well, Eon is once again first to find Happy, this time taking him back to his home on the icy island of No Name, which is, quote, due north of the North Pole. <laughs> so, suspended in space, hovering over the top of the planet? Father Time's going senile. Better get there quick, Rudolph. It's pretty slow going, but Rudolph maintains positivity with another song called Have a Little Faith in Me, and this is probably the best song of the special in a series of songs that are so-so. Have a little faith in me, and day by day, I'll make your dreams all come true. This is the one when Rudolph is saying that he can make your dreams come true. Yes. With his nose. When you wish upon a Rudolph. And I'm just like, what do you think this new nose can do? Like, it lights up. That's all it does. And you're saying, I can make all your dreams come true. <laughs> you did the Christmas thing a week ago at this point in the special, buddy. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention this when we were talking. So... Happy's been kidnapped more than once by Eon at this point, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, suddenly I realized he's like Baby Mario in Yoshi's Island. He's oh, stolen by wow. <laughs> I just finished that because it's on Switch Online now. So <laughs> I love that game so much. <laughs> I was so rusty. <laughs> that, but... yeah, I, I've been, I got the. I have it on the SNES Classic, and okay. I still haven't finished it yet. Yeah. But yeah, it's only been a week since Rudolph did the thing, because they arrive at 11.30 on New Year's Eve night. And Rudolph and his team of old years have to scale 
Eon's Mountain, which looks like the icy walls of the aggro crag, <laughs> to reach Eon's nest at the top. Unfortunately, they slip, and Eon creates an avalanche that covers each member of Rudolph's party into a set of neatly packed, perfectly spherical little snowballs. Because they're easy to animate. Eon's convinced he won, so he goes to sleep. And if only someone had the power to radiate heat and melt snow, perhaps a lightsaber for a nose. And Rudolph breaks free from his snow prison and is up the mountain in no time. Probably remembered he can fly. That would have made this special so much faster. They could have fit this into a half hour if they could have just remembered Rudolph can fly. <laughs> Think happy thoughts about your girlfriend calling you cute. I wish that the people at Rankin Bass put as much care into following their own continuity as they did trying to squeeze in every holiday into these various specials. Maybe that was it. Too busy trying to figure out how to put it in the 4th of July into a New Year's special with yeah. Christmas characters. The bicentennial, we need to fit it in. <laughs> they need their own Kevin Feige to keep everything straight. <laughs> yeah. We need this Rankin Bass story group. Someday. But Rudolph finds Happy and shows him his nose, which makes the baby laugh, the thing he's been running away from this whole time. So Rudolph tells his story to Happy, and Red Skelton gets the honors this time to sing the song. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And we get the short version in the form of traditional animation in the style of Twas the Night Before Christmas with... Yes. Christmas. The, the, the reindeer. And short little hobbit Santa with the tiny legs. Mm-hmm. I feel like... I don't know if I would want this special to be in that animation style, if it would be better or worse. The animagic is part of the charm. It is, and it's... Any of these. Yeah, you gotta keep Rudolph that way. But that convinces Happy to reluctantly show Rudolph why he keeps running away from everybody, and even Rudolph laughs a little. But he gets control of himself in enough time to explain himself. And it's not like Happy's going anywhere at this point. Yeah, something inside him burst into laughter, and it wasn't to be mean. Those ears were actually making people happy. But I'm pretty mean. I feel like that's some kind of, like, well, two things. I thought it was funny <laughs> read off and say it. Take it off, happy. Take it off. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Take it off for good. <laughs> and then whenever he's saying that, the like, it's almost like the just justifying your abuse. Um I, there's some term for this. Um, Stockholm syndrome? No, that's not it. No, it's not gaslighting, but something similar to that. Okay. Um, but basically, like, see, it was good. It was good that you got all this <laughs> abuse and ridicule heaped on you because you were just making people happy. Penance. <laughs> but no, that's different. Uh, coming from Rudolph, though, he's very new at getting over a lot of that. So. I can buy it when he's saying, those ears were making me happy. I wasn't laughing to be mean. But have either of you ever had to explain when you were laughing at someone because they made you happy and it might have hurt their feelings? No, but yeah, it's sort of like, we're not laughing at you, we're laughing with you. Kind of, but not. Yeah, I I can't tell the story, but Okay, my... (laughs) Mine's okay. My younger daughter did not like being laughed at as a toddler, even when jokes happened. 
So I don't know if, if laughter scared her or what, but it took a while to explain to her. And I went kind of the same way that Rudolph explains it here. Like, I especially laugh when I'm happy. And sometimes I get so happy as nowhere else to go but out my face. So when I'm laughing at you, I'm really not trying to hurt your feelings. But I'm also not laughing for like 10 seconds straight and uncontrollably where you have to run away crying like this kid. Yeah, I, I have this happen pop up a lot of times with my students at school where they'll they'll say or do something funny. And so I'll laugh at them, but then sometimes just, you know, the fact of me laughing at them. Is Why are you laughing? This thing. Yeah. Um like I'm, I think they're saying it to be funny, but then after I laugh, I realize oh, they didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, oh, you're serious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Rudolph says Happy's ears make him happy, and that's the magic word. The baby loves the sound and concept of his own name so much he wakes up Eon. <laughs> Rudolph has one last trick up his hat and tells Happy, here, here's where he says, take it off for good. Yeah. <laughs> take it off for good. <laughs> and that's enough Those to ears. make Eon laugh for the first time in his life. Those ears. <laughs> Those ears. <laughs> and he laughs so hard, he falls out of his nest conveniently on top of the other giant snowball-packed past ears. To set them free, and everybody's okay, even the bird, because no one with that much happiness could ever turn into ice and snow. So what happens then? Eon's supposed to die at midnight. He's just going to live forever because he's laughing? I like, guess. destroyed the space-time continuum. Yeah, well, he lives due north of the North Pole. There is no space continuum. The space-time continuum is very loosely defined <laughs> here. <laughs> and whoops, it's midnight. And Big Ben isn't even fast enough to get them back to Father Time's castle. Too bad Rudolph doesn't know anyone who could travel at really fast speeds in one night. Nobody at all. Oh, hey, Santa's here. If I can travel all over the world in one night, I ought to be able to get you to Father Time in a few balls. <laughs> yeah, I have him in my notes as Santa X Machina. Santa X Machina, and like, <laughs> despite moving about 10 miles an hour on the screen... Santa manages to get happy back to Father Time's castle. Just in time at the twelfth and final bong of the clock to be crowned the new year 19 Wonderful. Which, okay, what year between 1976 and 2000 do y'all think would be best named 19 Wonderful? 1983, because that's when I was born. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Um, 2000, because we survived Y2K. Yay! I think it might be 1979, and the island's just that YouTube video of Billy Corgan riding a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) But it took Santa long enough to get there because it's foggy and Rudolph's not with him, so I buy that. But then he moves so slowly, even with Rudolph, that it's just like, come on, you're supposed to be going fast. Can't you animate faster? But any final thoughts on Rudolph's shiny new year? Um, like I said, it's got sequelitis. And yeah. just, um, there's a reason I never got into watching this. or And I don't know if I'm ever going to need to watch Rudolph and Frosty save Christmas from July. Um, yeah. 
that one's better than everything. Not everything needs a sequel, you know. Like we don't need to reboot everything. Not everything has to come back around. Come up with some new ideas based on different songs by Johnny Marks. (laughs) Rock around the Christmas tree as a stop motion special. Do it. How did that not happen? Uh Yeah, there's time. There's time. Ah, ah. I will never watch this again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will say that Christmas in July is far better than this. Because you get the stop motion version of Frosty, which is so charming compared to the original Frosty. Um, I like that character design. And it really is the Avengers. Like, every character from a Rankin-Bass special comes back. And somehow it works. Far, is it the same voice of Frosty? Yeah. Happy birthday! Because there's a sequel to Frosty, Frosty's Winter Wonderland where he gets a wife. Yes. And it's, um, it's Nana, isn't it voiced by Nana Mary from Roseanne? Oh, yeah. Looks like her, too. Yeah. And then, but I think that one is still traditional animation. That one is still traditional animation. And then for Christmas and July, they're both everybody stop motion. Then this one, it she's back and they have kids. Yes. Anyway. I still will watch this every year after Christmas, even though that one song. You will watch anything with Christmas in it, Mike. Well, it's a New Year's special, so this is the after Christmas oh, one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and even though that one song just creeps me out and makes me think about my own mortality, but maybe the special isn't quite as shiny as advertised, but I wouldn't go as far as to demand Father Time to give me back my 50 minutes watching it. It's shiny. I'd even say it glows. <laughs> That sounded way harsh. I appreciate that you watch all of these holiday specials. I understand. And include us in talking about it. Uh, thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> and if people yes, want thank <laughs> And if people want to ride across the seas of time inside your mouths, where can they find you on the internet, <laughs> Joey? Well, uh, apparently in the Old Testament, or on Twitter at I'm gonna DJ24 and WhyNotRadio.net, where we're in the midst of our year-end top 219 songs of 2019 and our year-end poll. Find out who the saddest celebrity death of 2019 was. Oh man, it wasn't uh, Father Time. Hey, yay! And Brandon. What are you? What am I supposed to say here? <laughs> Where can Santa we find you on the internet? Oh, oh, that. <laughs> um, I'm at on Twitter at brandmed. That's it. Right. I, I didn't host anything else. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter at adventcalhouse, where you can find show notes for this episode uh, at adventcalendar.house. And I will be back July first. For our first countdown to Christmas in July, but I've got one more thing coming up before that. For now, for Joey Owen, Brandon Medley from Due North of the North Pole, so space, I guess, this is Mike Westfall saying, careful of the icy patch. Happy New Year. Happy New Year! Yay! Happy birthday! Have a happy...
Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, located conveniently at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Jess. And we're, we're Hallmark, Hallmark and, and Jess. Jess. <laughs> I feel like we're at a car dealership commercial. <laughs> we swear we won't talk like this during the podcast. There's two things we love most in this world. Hallmark movies and Lacey Chabert. And we're breaking down all of your favorite Hallmark movies like... A Very Merry Mix-Up. Rocky Mountain Christmas. And the All of My Heart series. Tommy, please be my husband. So tune in every Wednesday. Today! Next time on the Advent Calendar House. Day William leave Day William Christy from the sea. Will he bring his bucket of sweets for mom and pop and me?